with us in a powerful and dynamic way today, Father. Spirit of the Most High God, you be our teacher. And we declare that our hearts are open and we are ready to receive your word today. So we give you glory, we give you praise, and we give you honor for this time. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And every person that's here and they are full of faith, would you say amen? amen. Wow. You know, today, if, you are, if this is your first time at uh, the Champion Center, um, I, we're, we are so honored to have you. And, um, and I, what I want, this today will be a little different than usual. So what I want to do is I want to invite you to come back again uh, on next week. Um, but uh, also, I do want to invite you to um, you know, be willing and, and to take this journey with us. Uh, because I believe that the journey that we're about to go on is a great journey. And the great thing about it as well is that you'll be able, you'll, you'll hear this morning where we as a ministry, as the Champion Center, are headed as well. And so um, what we're going to do today is I want to just kind of talk to you about uh, the ministry. I want to talk to you about the what of the ministry. I want to talk to you about the how of the ministry. But before I talk about the what and the how, I want to talk to you about the why. The why. Because if we really don't embrace the why or know the why, what happens is that over a period of time that we will enter into mission drift, purpose drift, and uh, where uh, we decided to be or God decided for us to be, that we'll miss that simply because we've drifted because we did not have our why that connected our what and also our how. This morning, I am going to share with you in a, in a personal way, and I'll share with you personally uh, the why. And um, as, I, as I look at that, one of the interesting things about it is that uh, I never really, I guess I, feel, I do feel it an honor to be here and to stand before you because as I grew up, I never saw myself as a pastor. I never really wanted to be a pastor. I never really wanted to be a leader in the church. And, um, and, and it's a real personal reason why. Because, see, I am the son of a pastor. And um, we would go to church you know, on Sunday mornings from 9 in the morning until 9 at night. Uh, we would uh, go during the week. And almost every week we would go at least one day during the week. But, but it wasn't a, a big deal. I loved that, and, and I enjoyed spending time with my family. But when we got home on Sunday evening, what would happen is that my mom and my dad would kind of take an assessment of the day. And uh, although we might be just watching just a few moments of television before our bedtime, that uh, I, I could uh, hear, overhear a little of their conversation. And it would go something like this. My mom would say, John Lee. Yeah, she called my dad John Lee. She says, John Lee, um, you know, I think that um, uh, Deacon uh, so-and-so did, really did not like uh, this part of the message. Uh, John Lee, I think that, um, um, you know, I heard uh, someone say this. And uh, there was a, one of the ladies in the church, she said something to me. Uh, that really took me back, and it hurt me. And then she uh, might say, or they may talk about, well, you know what, this group or this family is, uh, is leaving the church. And you know what, as I grew up, there were seeds that were planted on the inside of me, very subtle, that I could overhear. 
And it was like, why are church people so mean to my mom and my daddy? Why are church people so mean? And not only that is that I know people are mean in business, but in business you get paid a lot more. And so subtly within me that there was a seed that was setting. And so I never saw myself, I never thought that I would, I never wanted to be a, a pastor and be uh, serving at uh, one of the uh, leaders of a church. And what I did love church, I did uh, enjoy attending church, but I really wanted to serve and I wanted to serve at a distance and I didn't want to get too close because I did not want what happened to my mom and my dad also happened to me. But you know what? There was something that happened, something that happened between my never wanting to be a pastor and where I am right now today. And what happened was that I was in business, and as I was in business, Gwen and I, we met a lot of different people. We met people that had a lot. We met people that had hardly anything we um, had spent time with royalty. We had dinner with the Queen of the Netherlands. Uh, and we also spent time with people that had no status at all in life. But one of the things that we recognized, it did not matter how old someone was. It did not matter uh, what they had or what they did not have. It did not matter what their title was. Everybody seemed to have unfulfilled dreams. And, and, and they wanted something more out of life. It did not matter who they were. And so uh, one day, something happened uh, in our business. I was sitting on the trading floor of our firm, and uh, there was this guy. Um, he, was a, he was brilliant. He had uh, uh, three degrees, and he was young, and he, he uh, scored in the top 15% on the SAT. So he's a very, very smart guy, and as we were sitting on the, on the desk, he seemed to be bothered. Something seemed to be um, troubling him, and so as we began to talk, uh, he uh, felt that there, were, there had to be more to life. He felt that his life was drifting, and uh, he did not uh, know exactly what might happen. He had a good position. He was making really good money, and so I invited him into my office, and when I invited him into my office, I said that, you know what, there is something that happens in life. And the thing that happens in life is that other people can have such high expectations of you that your life become uh, controlled and lived for others. And when that happens, that you come to a place in life where you uh, feel like the demand of others start pulling on you, and then you'll feel worn out. You'll feel overwhelmed. You'll feel tired, and you'll feel like you have absolutely nothing more to give. And when you come to the place where you feel like you have nothing more to give, you feel trapped, and no matter what happens, that uh, you see that your life is lived according to the expectation of other people. And you know what? I could see uh, him uh, really receiving that. And I said that there are many people who have a relationship with you that are based on what you can do rather than who you are. You know, he started getting tears in his eyes. And I quoted him, Jeremiah 29, 11. I said, but God has plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans to bless you, plans to give you hope for the future. The relationship that he wants with you 
has little to do, nothing to do with your performance rather than it has more to do with who you are. And when you have a relationship with him, then now you don't have to be living under the pressure of the expectation of others. Why? It's because God is looking at you based on who you are rather than what you can do for him. He starts crying because he said that I never thought that my life could come to a place where someone will accept me for who I am. So my entire life, I've been trying to achieve. I've had ambition. I said, can I pray for you? And as I prayed for him, and as he walked out of that office, the months ahead, I saw a young man whose life had changed. And I said, that's what I want to do the rest of my life. I want to encourage some, uh, somebody. I want to uh, help people uh, fulfill their dreams. I, I want to, uh, individuals to see that, that God has placed something on the inside of them and that it is him that can only pull it out of them. And the fullness and the satisfaction of life will only come from a relationship with him. And out of that relationship, whatever he's put on the inside of us, we can freely give to others. And when I said that, I felt that right at that moment. And, and so the passion for God just overtook me, and, and, I, and I began to travel. And whenever I travel, I would take my Bible, and I would read my Bible, and I just had a greater desire for the Word of God. The passion that I, that I shared with him, it began to show me that there was more, that God had more in my life. And as a result of that, I left a thriving business and I began to work full-time as a volunteer in our home church in Lamarck, Texas, Abundant Life Christian Center. If you know what, as I worked and I served there, I did not regret one moment of that time. And so this why now, it's kind of brought me to where I am right now today. And I believe that all of us have to determine exactly what is my why, what is my purpose, what is I'm living. When I wake up in the morning, am I staring at the ceiling wondering why? But do we have purpose? Do we have mission? Do we have an assignment that fuels our hearts, that causes us to go out and begin to serve God in a way perhaps that no one else can? So, that, so, so in a very personal way, I've kind of shared to you why, what was between my never being a pastor and the reality of where I am today. But today, I want to share with you also the what and, and the how. What and the how as it relates to uh, the Champion Center. Because as we served in uh, our church, we did feel God calling us and, and, and God calling us to establish and launch a church. And uh, we looked all over, and I even considered going back to Shreveport, Louisiana. And, but God really just stirred my heart in, in, in our area here. And what's amazing about that is that as God did that, that uh, we, he uh, shared with me that he was stirring that in my heart, not because we needed another church in our area, but we needed a different kind of church. Uh, we don't need more churches in our county or our city or our state or our country. But what we do need in our county, what we do need in our city, what we do need in our state and our country is we need a different kind of church. And, 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 and as a result of that, that uh, we uh, launched, uh, and when the, uh, there were three families that came together, and as these families came together, they had a dream. And as they dreamed, 
that they begin to tell a story. And all of us right now, years later, are part of that story. And so as we talk today about beyond ourselves, beyond ourselves, it is based on um, a series that we'll be doing over the next several uh, weeks. But the scripture is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, where it says, Now, God is able to do far more abundantly beyond whatever you think or ask according to the power that works in us. So would you repeat that after me? God is able to do far more abundantly beyond whatever I think or ask, can imagine, according to his power, working in me. So if God can do and blow your mind and blow your imagination, if that's what God can do, then what is it that we can do? We can allow the power of God to work in us. And as we allow the power of God to work in us, then he's able to take us beyond our past, beyond ourselves, beyond where we are, and God can take us into a future that he has determined and destined for your family, uh, for your life, for our church, for our community, and I believe to ultimately impact the world. And so let me talk just a little bit about the what. What is it that we're looking at here? What is it? What we're going to do over the next 16 months is that we as a church are going to give $700,000. As a church, we're going to give $700,000. And this $700,000, what it will be known as the Beyond Project. The Beyond Project. We're going to give $700,000 over the next 16 months. And uh, the Beyond Project is is a 16-month project that will raise uh, funds, raise resources to acquire a Christ-centered worship center for the Champion Center, the Beyond Project. And, and when, we, when we look at this and we say, okay, it, it, it is a 16-month giving project that will raise resources, then what will this facility be used for? It will be used for adults, it will be used for children, it will be used for youth worship services. It will be used for our champion building seminars. Many see as a Wednesday night Bible study. It will be used for our various ministries to meet. It will also be used for our ministry offices. It will be used for a place that will meet the needs of our ministry family and also meet the needs of our community. And so this uh, uh, Beyond Project, as we uh, seek to uh, acquire uh, a, a worship center, a ministry center for our future, the 700000 that we will be giving over the next 16 months is based on acquiring a $2 million building. Now, when we look at this and we say, that's what we are going to do uh, by sharing uh, the vision, by talking about how God can uh, take you even beyond yourself, can take the ministry beyond ourselves, and uh, what God can do when we fully are committed and trust Him with whatever it is that He has given to us. And so, uh, as we look at this and we say, well, 
what are those key dates? October the 29th is the uh, introduction of the Beyond Project. But then on November the 19th, uh, we're going to uh, come together and uh, we're going to give you some information today. But on November the 19th, we'll come together and that will be Commitment Sunday. And what we're asking you to do is uh, over the uh, period of time between now and November the 19th, that there will be a time for a family conference where you'll get together with your family, you'll pray together, you'll talk about what it is that God have you to give to the Beyond Project. When uh, you de- God impresses upon your heart what it is that he desires for you to give, then on November the 19th, we'll all come. And as we come together, that we'll uh, make our pledge, we'll make our commitment over for the 16-month period. It is a faith commitment that we'll make. And uh, as we make this commitment over the 16-month period on November the 19th as well, that what we're asking you to do is also bring not only your commitment or your pledge, what you can do over the 16-month period, but also a first fruit offering, a first fruit offering. That first fruit offering would become the seed that we believe that God will take and that God will take this seed and God will grow this seed. And and if we do our best, we can forget the rest because God will take it up and then he can do far abundantly beyond whatever it is that we think, we imagine. We just want to allow the power of faith to work on the inside of us. As we come and make our commitments on November the 19th, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to tally all those pledges and, and our giving. And on December the 3rd, the first Sunday in December, we're going to have a celebration Sunday. And on Celebration Sunday, that we are going to uh, celebrate and share how much has been pledged, how much has been committed, how much has been given. And we are going to celebrate what uh, has uh, come in and the, com- and the faith commitment that has been made by you and uh, the church. Now, all of this will be done in, in, with prayer and a time of fasting. Um, on Wednesday, every Wednesday during the course of our Beyond uh, series, uh, we're going to ask you to fast one day during the week from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And this information will be in a packet that we'll give you at the end of our service. You can fast whatever you choose. It can be food. It can be social media. It can be uh, television. uh, Whatever it is that you desire, we're just asking you to stretch yourself during your time of fasting. We're going to do that from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and it will go through uh, November the 15th. And then on November the 19th, we'll come together and we'll celebrate what it is that God has uh, given us as a faith commitment for the Beyond Project. So that's what we're going to do. Over the next 16 months, we're going to give $700,000 for a a new uh, worship facility that can house our children, our youth, our adult worship, and then whatever the ministry needs are, as well as the ability to minister more effectively to our community. The question is, how are we going to do it? What we do is that we need a couple of people to give, to give a lot. And we're going to ask you to pray about it. We're going to ask, you, we're going to, uh, ask uh, you and your family to get together and consider over that 16-month period. And uh, we're going to do it in order to uh, be able to get to the total number of what we need. And so what I want you to do is I want you to just kind of re- look at the 
a monitor over here. And what you're going to see is you're going to see various levels on the monitor. And, and so what we need is we need one family or one person to give $100,000. If we have three families that give 50000 over the 16-month period, and we know that we have two-year ends that will come during that period of time. And uh, many times people want to assess exactly what they might want to give uh, before the year is up. And so this 16-month period is have two new year, uh, two year ends. Let me just say this. We, have, we, we will renew our contract here with the school only one more time. After we renew our contract, we're not going to renew our contract again. We are going to move beyond George Ranch High School Auditorium. And so, uh, and so if five people, uh, five families give 25000 and if 18 give five, 11 gives 10000 18 gives 5000 and 50 gives $2,500. That's 88 giving units, 88 giving units, and that will get us to the $700,000 that's needed for the Beyond Project. Now, I know that when we look at this, and we say, huh. We look at this and we'll say, huh. We look at it, <laughs> And then what will happen is that we'll come down to what we feel is comfortable for us. And we'll say, well, I believe that I can do this. Or I believe that I can do this. But what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to challenge you is that whatever you come to as a comfort level that you believe that you can do, I want to challenge you to, to go to another level up. Go to a faith level and say, God, I know that I can do this. I believe that I can do this. But God, I need you to bring into my house the ability for me to go beyond what I am comfortable or I believe that I can do on my own. That's what I'm going to encourage you to do. I'll encourage you to go beyond. And if we do this, if we buy, make faith commitments and we honor those commitments, that I believe that we'll meet, reach our objective. And as we reach our objective, that we'll pass by George Ranch. But more importantly, that people will go up and down the road at the future ministry center of the Champion Center. And they will never know how much this church in the future will impact their lives, how much it will impact their families, how much it will impact their children, but it will. I believe that when a group of people will genuinely commit to all that they can, what happens is that that's when God sees that he has been given permission to do anything beyond what we can do on our own. Now, we're going to talk to other people even outside of our, 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 our congregation, outside of the ministry, because we believe that whatever we need is in the house. Would you say it's in the house? We believe it's on the way to the house. Would you say that it's on the way to the house? Or it's connected to the house in some way. And so we'll be talking to other people, but the primary responsibility rests upon us. And I believe that if all of us do something, see, the key here is that we don't have to give equal amounts, but God calls us to make equal sacrifice. Not equal amounts, but equal sacrifice. And that's what he says in 2 Corinthians, rather, uh, um, uh, in chapter 8, 9, 10. He talks about that. 
And he says that I, I, I don't wish you to be burdened while other people get off. He says, but there are those that give out of their need. And he says that, but, 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 but they're no less than you are, even though they did not have the same amount to give that you had to give. Because there is something that they have that you need. And there is something that you have that they need. And see, that's what happens is that God places on the inside of a body everything it needs to function as a healthy body. And when we do, then growth takes place, testimonies take place, and the freedom of God to do what he desires take place. And so this morning, what I am going to do is you're going to need a couple of things as you prepare to leave today. As you prepare to leave today, you're going to need, you're going to receive a packet. And uh, in this packet, it has uh, all the information that you need to know about uh, the Beyond Project. It'll give you key dates. Uh, also, on our website, it has been set up for RaisingChampions.com slash beyond. And it'll have all the collateral that you're giving today, even updated information and blog information, um, prayer uh, journals and prayer uh, guides. All of that will be on our website. It is also in your packet. What you'll also receive is that you'll receive this, this card here. And this is the pledge card. And on this pledge card, You'll take it, and uh, the weeks of November the 13th through the, the week of November the 13th through the 17th, you'll have a family conference, and you and your family will spend time together just praying, asking God what it is that He desires you to do. And what we're going to ask you to do on the 19th of November is to bring this card back and drop it in the tithe and offering basket. Uh, we'll have a special basket that you can off, uh, drop it in, and then it will. Um, be secure. The, what you give will not become public information that um, uh, will only announce what the congregation as a whole has done. But I believe that if all of us do something, and it is a next level stretch, it is a faith commitment. See, because if you say that, gosh, God, I know I, I feel comfortable doing this, then God's not obligated to bless comfort. He's obligated to bless faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? So uh, we, we want to uh, bring these back and uh, drop them in the offering basket on November the 19th. And you're going to hear more information about this as we prepare to move forward. Now, I've got to tell you that I do have uh, good news for you, that as you come on the 19th, you're going to bring your pledge, your commitment, and also your first fruit offerings. Uh, and we, we're fully persuaded that we could get to the $700,000 if uh, everybody does something. Now, I do want to share with you that there are our elders at this particular time have committed to $105,000 of the $700,000. Amen? And so we are on our way. It's a huge step, but we have further to go. So this morning as you leave, what we want you to do is make sure that you get a packet in the foyer. Uh, and it'll have all the information over the next several weeks about this, uh, the Beyond Project. But we also want you to pick up this. We, we've prepared this for you. That it is a packet, a little container of seed. And on the inside of this is various types of seed. And what we want you to do is we want you to, we want you to take this. And we want you to put it somewhere visible in your house, whether it's on your kitchen table, somewhere that you would see each and every day. And we want you to pray over this, and you, we want you to see this as 
the seed that you will sow. We want you to see this as uh, the seed of what God is even birthing beyond ourselves. We want you to pray over this. We want you to pray over your family. We want you to pray over your children. We want you to pray over what it is that God will have you to give as a faith commitment seed. And this becomes a reminder every day that you're going to fertilize the seed and believe that the water of the Spirit will water it, the Word of the Spirit will water it, and then that you will produce a great harvest. Why? It's because you have been faithful, faithful and obedient to what God has said. The Bible says that those that are willing and obedient shall eat what? The good of the land. And, and, and one more thing I need to ask you. If you went to a field, it's, a, it's an open field, and, you, and you're a farmer. That's what the Bible refers to us at many times because it tells us to sow seed. You're a farmer. And if, and if you say, field, I desire watermelons to grow. And you turned around and went back into the house. Would watermelons grow in your field? Talk to me this morning. Well, you say, okay, I've got an open field here, and I'm going to pray over this field. And you pray for watermelons to come in your field. Will watermelons likely come? If you say this, you say that I've got an open field, and I am going to plant some pumpkin seeds, but I expect watermelon to grow. Will watermelons grow? Unless you do something with what you desire and what you pray for, faith without works or an action is dead. But when you mix your faith with an act, then now the Bible says God sees your faith because of what you have done. Now you can do it and not believe God for anything. It's still dead. But when you are saying that I'm making a faith commitment, I'm believing and I'm trusting God, and then you act upon that faith commitment, then the Bible tells us that God responds to our faith. So it's a corresponding action that goes with You know what I called it a long time ago? I call it prac action. It's a made-up word. You know what prac action is? We're going to start using that a little bit more around here. It's practical action. It's a made-up word. Prac action. Practical action. That if you do not act on what you believe, or when you act on what you believe, then you see what you believe, what you desire, and what you have been praying for. As we close, I want you to picture something just for a few moments. I want you to picture the first church that you ever went to, the first church you ever went to. And you know what? As you picture the first church that you ever went to, this is something that you never thought about. You never thought, I wonder, I wonder who chose this property. You never think about, I wonder how much did it cost? You never think about who paid for it. Or how did they pay for it? See, what happens is that most of us show up at the building and the land is there. The lawn is mowed. The flowers are planted. And when we show up, that we don't think about how it happened. We don't think about who mowed the lawn. We don't think about who chose the property. We don't think about how much it cost. We don't think about who paid for it. But, 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 But one of the things that is exciting at this particular time is that 
we are at the most excited time because, see, long before uh, uh, we are gone, people will come by that they'll drive and that they'll see the Champion Center, but they may not know the impact they will have on their family, on their children, and in their own individual life. But they'll just walk by in their lives. And, but, but, but the amazing thing about it is that the first church you ever went to, although you never thought about who chose the land, how much did it cost, how did they pay for it, you didn't think about it, but you enjoyed or you experienced the decision that they had made well before you ever got there. I want you to think about this, church. I believe that one of the most significant things that you can do in life is to raise a family, raise children, raise grandchildren, help other people, and next to that, help family. Next to that, the most important thing you can ever do is to help build a local church. Why? It's because it will always outlive you. The church will outlive you. It will outlast you, and it will impact generations to come. And you know what you do? You, we get to do what generations before us did. And as complicated as some of this really seems, as, as complicated uh, as some of this really sounds, it is the greatest investment of time and money other than what you might do for your individual family. But the choices that we make today, the faith that we have today, that there will be generations that will come, but they will never ask who chose the property. They'll never ask how much did it cost? How did they pay for it? They'll just come by and they'll see that the land, the ground is mowed, the flowers are planted, the building is state of the art. And they'll come in and be excited and they'll enjoy it. And just as you did not ask that when you went to your first church, there are generations of people that will come behind you that won't ask that same thing, but yet they will be impacted by it. Why? It's because the choice that we made today, this week, this season, and in the Beyond Project.